Live from Nashville, Tennessee, it's Dawn and Steve in the morning. Good morning from Moody Radio. The Book of Esther is very significant to Jews this time of year as they celebrate Purim. And Megan Brown is going to join us this hour to talk on her book about that book, Summoned. Call or text 800-555-7898 to join the conversation. Well, we're looking forward to the conversation this morning. We have a bunch throughout the uh, show today and looking forward to many of them. If you're raising kids, if you're raising grandkids, this uh, next hour, one hour from right now, yeah, stick around because we're going to feature a bunch of children's books uh-huh. and we're going to uh, talk with the authors about these themes. And I think that's going to be a, a great conversation. And then Todd Nettleton, a voice of the martyrs, joining us during the last hour this morning. So hope that you will stay with us as uh, we have a lot that we're going to cover here. It, you know, I uh, am wondering if anybody has any bright ideas. About this time of year, I find that I run into uh, a unique challenge. I cannot wait to hear what this is. So we love to grill. Yes. In our house. Love, you know, we we got the grill going usually a couple times a week. Mm -hmm. So last last night I'm grilling. Mm -hmm. And the time comes where it's time to take the meat off the grill and bring it into the house. And it's done maybe three minutes before the other stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. It, we're in that weird time of the year where as soon as the sun goes down, the temp starts to drop really, really fast. Yes. And I'm trying to find what is the best way to keep that meat and stuff on, you know, warm. Mm-hmm. Well, because the moment it comes off the grill, it seems like it cools way faster than usual. Yeah. And if you so, cover it. First world problems, I know. It, well, it, yeah. <laughs> But if you cover it with aluminum foil, you run the risk of it continuing to cook. Exactly. And then you've got dry, a dry product if it overcooks. If it overcooks, mm. you, you know, you talk about letting it rest mm-hmm. for a minute. Oh, yeah. And so the, important to do that. But then it, it, sometimes it gets too cold too fast. So, yeah, there's my, uh, that's what I wake up thinking about this morning. Wow. How do I? <laughs> Life must be pretty good right now. <laughs> That's what you woke up thinking about. Excellent. Well, hopefully you, so, somebody could help you out. I, th- the only thing that comes to my mind is the aluminum foil thing. But again, you just run that risk. So if you just kind of undercook it by maybe a minute, half minute, you could cover it in aluminum foil and you'd be good. That, that might do it. Maybe mm-hmm. that's the way to, we'll have to go. 800-555-7898. You have something to share with Steve about how to fix his <laughs> His grilling blues. My first world grilling problems. <laughs> That's good. I, yeah, in our house, I think I just don't think about it. I, I kind of have surrendered to the fact something might be cold when it hits the table. Just because, yeah, I've, I've always had a timing issue. I love, as you know, to have people over for dinner. I haven't right. done it in forever, but I love doing that. I have never learned the the finesse of having everything hot on the table at the same time without something having to suffer for it. Yep. Maybe you just do all salads. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we need more uh, cold food items, I guess. Yeah. 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 That would that would maybe solve it. And, and because I have this thing about overcooked food. I cannot. I just cannot. So if I keep it in the oven too long and then it's just, you know, nah, done. Ugh, I, that drives me nuts. I get it. I won't even take on some cuts of meat, grilling them. Number one, the expense. But at the expense, if it's even a special occasion or something, I can't do it because what if I mess it up? 
all and that money. And then all that money. Oh, right? no. I hear you. No, I'll just leave that to the professionals. <laughs> Uh, speaking of something that is helpful, not professionally, but spiritually, it's going to the Word of God. In Philippians 4, one of those beloved books, as we quote often, Philippians 4.13. But that's not where you're going this morning. You're going to head down a couple of verses and take on Philippians 4.19. Exactly. And it says, And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You know, this verse is one of the most practical that we'll encounter in the Bible. Because all of us face needs in our lives, every single one of us. At times, they're beyond our own means. Well, those are not the times, as tempting as it may be, those are not the times to become anxious or to panic. Nor should we give up in defeat. It is at these times that God wants to draw from his unlimited storehouse to meet your need as only he can. So what need do you face this morning? Maybe it's finances. Do you believe that God can meet the needs of your finances? What about your health, your children, your parents, your church? Scripture says that you will never face a need for which God's provision is not more than adequate. And the promise appears over and over again in the scriptures. I mean, Psalm 116, Hebrews 4, Matthew 6, Psalm 69, and there are others. If you are not experiencing God's bountiful provision, what's the problem there? Is the difficulty with God? Right now we're stepping on toes. Or could it be that you really do not believe that God stands ready to meet your every need. Every resource of God is available to any child of God who will believe in him. No one's ever exhausted God's supply. Nobody's ever suffered a shortfall when trusting him. It may not look like you thought it would look. It may not meet your need in the way you thought he would meet it. But God will meet it. Unfortunately, some Christians live as if God's abundant resources were not available to them. But they're children of the king, choosing to live like beggars. Is that any of us today? Would the people close to you affirm that your life gives evidence of an unwavering belief that God will do what he said? If you want a copy of this morning's devotional, we'd love to get that to you. Link it on our Facebook page. On Facebook, you're just looking for Don and Steve in the morning. Or we can uh, text this to you. Simply ask for D the Devo by texting the word Devo. Just those four letters, D-E-V-O. Text that to 800-555-7898. Devo to 800-555-7898. Thanks for being with us. Why not take Dawn and Steve with you wherever you go? Download the Moody Radio app today. Thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the morning. Hey, we are uh, happy to welcome Megan Brown. We, Megan is a seasoned military spouse. She's mom, a Bible teacher. She's a military missionary with Crew Military and a graduate of the Moody Bible Institute. Megan, welcome. It's good to have you with us this morning. Good morning. It is good to be with you guys. Well, we are uh, looking forward to a conversation as it relates to the book of Esther. You know, Purim is, is here, and that is uh, something that we may kind of 
have heard about, have heard the word, don't totally understand what that means. I know it has something to do with Esther, I think. So help us kind of unpack a little bit about what, what is what is Purim and how does that tie into the, the story of Esther? You know, really, when we when we hear the word, we've got to understand that uh, the Bible was in a completely different language and we have to excavate the text to really find out what's in there. And Purim literally means lots, like to cast the lots. And so if you're familiar with the story of Esther and, and really the events that took place, lots played a big piece um, in the determination of times and dates. And so the celebration of Purim is really about the faithfulness of God, um, where they commemorate, God's people commemorate being saved from persecution in ancient Persia. And, you know, as you study the book of Esther, if you ever have, you see God's deliverance through that book. But it's always fascinating to me that his name is not necessarily mentioned as much as in other places. Isn't that what I remember from the book of Esther? Like you see God's faithfulness, you see his hand. And we know that Mordecai says to his cousin that for such a time as this, and we know that's God's hand, but we don't see his name. Isn't that curious? You know, when I first read the book, I was studying at Moody Bible Institute, and I was uh, in OT, um, OT theology, and we were studying through the book of Esther, and I remember being fascinated with all the things that we were learning and, and all the different, the, the really when it was presented that the Lord's name wasn't used in the book, I thought, that's curious. And then I thought to myself, you know, when I finished reading the book, with the question that was in the forefront of my mind is what do we believe when everything feels bad? Like, where is God? Is God good when everything is bad? And as a military spouse, you know, that season when I was studying and, and writing, uh, my husband was um, in Korea for a one year unaccompanied short tour. And I was on single parent ops with our four children um, in middle Georgia, which was not my favorite place. It was so hot there. And and so, you know, thinking about is God good when things are bad? And how do we uh, how do we reconcile his silence when it feels like things are falling apart and he's not there? I think that was a literary tool that the author of Esther used to really show that even when he is feeling far away, he's not actually far at all. Hmm. All right. So you just like dropped some really big questions right there. And so I will begin to maybe unpack a, a couple of those. So uh, let's pick up on just one uh, you said, when God feels like he mm-hmm. is silent and we read in scripture that he says he is good, but man, it, it, it doesn't feel it. What do you do with that? You know, for me, um, again, as a military spouse, I feel like I've got the hard job of, of, proclaiming hard truths and, and, and praising God for the fact that he works in hard providence. Um, and what I mean by that is in our community, things are, are, are more often than not more chaotic than, uh, you know, the everyday run of the mill experience. We're moving every two to four years. We're grieving the last thing we lost. Um, we're dealing with, uh, giving up the, the job, the community, the church family to, you know, relocate again and again and again. I mean, I'm a 17 year, almost 18 year military spouse. And so um, we've done it a time or two in the last 10 years, three years have been spent in separate zip codes. And so, um, you know, we talk about what it means when things feel bad. Um, 
sometimes we have to understand that even though things in our circumstances are bad, that God is still good. If you look at Esther from a 50,000 foot view, God promised a savior. And if the entire Jewish people would have been eliminated, that promise couldn't have been kept. And God is a God who keeps his promises. He keeps his promises to us. And um, through their deliverance, I mean, we see it in the New Testament. When you can read the, the Old Testament through the lenses of the New Testament, you can see that God has always been faithful, um, unchangingly faithful. And that is where we find the hope um, in some of our bad circumstances when we feel like he's not you know, in our circumstances. Mm-hmm. He is amazing and faithful. And Megan, what I've always appreciated about you is you always turn us back to his character and who he is so that we can stand on the promises and not just on our circumstances. And that's certainly what Esther had to do as we study through that book with your eight-week Bible study called Summoned, Answering a Call to the Impossible. We come back in just moments and continue the conversation with Megan Brown and we will connect you to her. Thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning. On YouTube today, Moody author Jess Thompson shares about her book, He Loved Them. Join us on the journey to reach 200 subscribers in March. Search for us at youtube.com forward slash the at symbol Dawn and Steve to subscribe. And this interview will be up there later. And it's 27 minutes after the hour as we continue talking to Megan B. Brown. And we have we are in the process of connecting you to Megan. And this Bible study entitled Summoned, it's an eight-week study of the book of Esther, answering a call to the impossible. And Megan, as a military spouse, you have certainly seen God help you, walk you through, hold you through the impossible. You wrote this book during the pandemic. How, how, (laughs) you mentioned to us off air, this was an act of obedience. Tell us why. Yes. Well, I think, you know, when I started writing, I didn't really know what the Lord would do with it. It was just one of those things that, um, I, you know, I have a later in life diagnosis of ADHD, which explains why Bible study for me has always been like a full contact sport with 18 notebooks, six packs of markers and like 17 commentaries. Um, you know, I, I get lost in the word and, you know, teaching other women what is actually inside of these two covers, you know, the Bible um, is, is really one of my favorite things. And when the Lord called me to start writing, you think, oh man, that's going to be so much fun. Um, I can't wait to do that. Um, and not that it hasn't been fun. It's been absolutely wonderful. I love, you know, serving the Lord through writing, teaching, all those things. It's really an overflow of what we do on the ground. So at the time, I was leading a Bible study right before 2020, you know, the world shut down. Um, there were about 40 women in my living room every Thursday morning. And we just did verse by verse, line by line, expository Bible study. And really that study was written for them. Um they had big questions. They wanted to know, is God good when everything is bad? Where is he when I'm suffering? Why is he so quiet? You know, all the things that I address in the book were really answering their hard questions that, you know, I taught just during our Thursday morning Bible studies. But when the world did shut down and, you know, you know, we had a lot of hard news. My spouse was still overseas and we're kind of battling through all of that writing a book about God's faithfulness being found in the fact that he keeps his promises and nowhere else, right? Like, like, and not nowhere else, but I guess a good way to say that is that God's faithfulness isn't found in the provision of perfect or pleasing 
lives. It's not found in his prevention of the painful things, um, but it is found in his faithfulness and, and, you know, holding to that when things feel like they're irreversibly falling apart, you know, uh, writing that message when I felt like everything for me was falling apart. Um, the Lord didn't let me write this study from a place of apathy, if that makes any sense. Hmm. It, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> and very often I think <laughs> yeah. it's out of the challenge that we, you know, see God at work in our lives and how you saw him meet you there. So, you know, with all of that going on, your your husband overseas and four kids and COVID and a writing project and all of that. How did you see God show up and what did he show you about himself during that season? Well, you know, you'd think that that season was going to be, you know, a short one. My husband was deployed to an undisclosed location. He came back um, right as the world was shutting down. And then two or three months into the world being shut down, they sent him back out. They were like, guess who's going to Korea for a year? And I thought, oh, no, it's it's going again. And so, you know, we, we pack up and move ourselves because, you know, in the middle of COVID, you know, there are no military movers. Um, and so in, in the largest U-Haul that ever existed, plus a pull-behind trailer and, and four kids, a dog and a partridge and a pear tree, you know, we moved. And two weeks later, he had boots on the ground on the other side of the world. And I did um, almost two years on single parent ops. So when I think about that season of the Lord meeting me, man, we joked that there was COVID, uh, three hurricanes, right? We're on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Uh, we got COVID. Um, and so me and four kids and, and we, we called it camp out week. We just put air mattresses up and we lived in the living room because we couldn't move from farther to the kitchen. Um, you know, and so we, we endured all sorts of trials and excitable moments. Um, and, and it was just the Lord showing that consistently he's never far. Um, it didn't make the days less hard but it definitely infused no small amount of hope, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is uh, Megan Brown. She has written the devotional based on the book of Esther. It is called Summoned. It's about answering a call to the impossible. And we want to connect you with Megan and with this study. And so you're going to find that link at our Facebook page. When you're on Facebook, you're just looking for Don and Steve in the morning, and you're going to find it right there. It's dawning and steaming over the hiller. Welcome to Moody Radio. We're glad you're here. Call or text 800-555-7898 and join the conversation. Well, the conversation this hour with Megan Brown. She's a seasoned military spouse, Bible teacher, a military missionary with Crew Military, graduate of the Moody Bible Institute. She's written a Bible study that we've been talking about called Summoned, about answering God's call to the impossible. But, Megan, I know you you are passionate about ministering to and reaching uh, out to those women who really understand the unique challenges that you face and share with them of being a military spouse. And uh, you're going to be addressing that in a special conference. It's the Called Conference put on by the the Moody Bible Institute. It's all about equipping uh, women for ministry leadership, and you're going to kind of take the the military uh, path or angle in that. Um, What is unique to the military spouse that you're like, man, this is the message that they need to hear? Well, you know, uh, one of the things that I think is unique to us is that we live such a contextualized lifestyle, right? We're moving every two to four years. We're master community builders. I think if the local church could understand who we are and what we're capable of, uh, they would give us the gospel 
um, with an urgency. And so, you know, the, the workshops that I'll be teaching at the calls conference, I'll be doing some work on Friday uh, in the workshops to be able to give some continuing education credit um, through these two workshops I'll be teaching on military contextualization. And really, they're for women in the military community who are doing military ministry, but they're also for women in the local church who want to know how to catch, serve, and release a military community space um, in their congregations. Uh, one of the things that I truly believe in my heart of hearts is that uh, the military community has the potential to kickstart the third great awakening. We're already in the nations. We're already moving. We already live missionally. Um, we all possess the raw skills that most missionaries are trained to acquire. We learn new cultures. We learn how to adapt. We overcome. Um, so if, you know, at my time with crew military, I was there for nearly two years before this last year, we uh, started a nonprofit called Millspoco. And really what we do is we recruit, train up and release military connected women as paid and prepared vocational missionaries. So teaching at the CALLS conference is just an opportunity for us to share the missional capacity of the military community and how we can leverage our job skills, our homes on base and our proximity to local churches who partner with us um, to really push the gospel. Um, we hope to see revival in the military space and then through the military space, we hope to carry the gospel to the four corners. Megan. Megan, you mentioned that military spouse suicide is on the rise. What mm. what do we need to know? How, that just sounds so alarming to me. We we realize that suicide rates have been up, uh, especially since the pandemic, and then all of the things that we have with social media, et cetera. But how can we step into that? You know, really loneliness is one of the hardest things for military community members because we're going through hard things and we're doing it in isolation. So, you know, our spouses are always on the ground somewhere else. We're picking up, we're moving, recovering or grieving the last thing we lost. And, and it becomes a, 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 an exercise in weariness. Um, and when we're looking for connectivity and relationship, it's not always openly available. Um, and what I mean by that is when we move into civilian communities, especially sometimes in the local church, um, circles are already closed. People already have their support. They already have their family. They have their friends. And they're not particularly open to leaving an open chair. And so my, my exhortation for the local church and for you know, communities that are experiencing high volumes of military community members in and out of their areas um, is to be very intentional to know that we're all um, really in need of quality, authentic community um, accountability, encouragement, especially in the local church. Um, and so, you know, for, for my, uh, you know, civilian brothers and sisters on, um, you know, uh, in and around installations to, to just be radically hospitable um, and to know the difference between welcoming our community and wanting our community. Those are two different things. That'll preach. I'm telling you, yeah. that'll preach. Megan Brown with us today as we've been talking about her Bible study over the book of Esther entitled Summoned. Also, the upcoming Called Conference. That's going to be Saturday, April 15th that, Megan, you'll be part of. But Equipping Women for Ministry Leadership, Moody Bible Institute, the host of this Called Conference. And, of course, that is going to cover all types of ministries and the opportunity to even simulcast that. And we'll get that connected. We've connected you to Megan 
through our Facebook page. And so grateful for your time today, sis. Really appreciate you. Our Facebook page is Don and Steve in the Morning uh, Moody Radio.